So they set up this, you know, theme, this tone for the families. Like, hey, you know, you're going to be a, a scientist and you're going to be an engineer or whatever. You know, just follow this path. Yeah. I guess, you know, I uh, was just, you know, trying to rebel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Did I Do That? It's a podcast about making graphic design and making mistakes because it's all part of the process. I'm Sean Schumacher and joining me today, a very special guest. For over 15 years, he's been a creative leader for companies like Uber, Lululemon, Ogilvy, and Saatchi and & Saatchi. As a design activist for social change, he has spoken about his work on several global platforms, including NPR and Creative Mornings. And since beating cancer himself, he founded Not Entirely Dead, or NED, a social enterprise championing cancer survivors in the workplace, named the 2022 Social Design of the Year by the AIGA. It's Ethan Yang! Hello, Ethan. <laughs> Welcome. Hi, Thank you. You you had a long a long drive down here. You are you're normally Seattle based. Yeah. And you just got in just a minute ago. Yeah, I um, didn't get pulled over, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Always a danger on I5. It's yeah. like they'll they'll get you for sure. Um hopefully not today, not tonight, right? Oh yeah, so you're heading straight back up. I'm heading back tonight, yeah. So you came here just for me? For you. Exactly. Oh my Sean. god, I know. Ethan, you're special I'm... on on the on the Irish holiday. <laughs> <laughs> I should say, it as we recorded is St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> um and I Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I, I did not realize how, how generous this really was to me. Um It's fun. Well, thank you for thank you for coming. Um so as I mentioned before, as we're recording, it is it is perhaps sort of the strangest um the strangest of you might call the retail seasons of the year. Yeah. The the run up to Easter. Um, you know, I think a lot of companies feel like they really got the idea of you can just sell things for Christmas from October until December. And if there was a way that we could do that with other holidays, then we would be millionaires. And so they've decided to just sort of pick some random holidays and do that. And I I feel like this is the weirdest one because Easter is the one that they picked. And, <laughs> and Easter is, when you really get down to it, just a strange holiday. <laughs> That has nothing to do with I, anything. Know, I still, I still don't know how to celebrate it. There, well, it's it's rabbits, it's you know peeps, it's uh, eggs that are hidden in lawns that are only discovered, you know, two or three months later once they start to stink an incredible amount. Yeah. It's so bizarre. But what I what I have grown to love about this season is you know that middle thing, the peeps. Because I feel like that is a company that really looked at this season and just said, I found an opportunity here. <laughs> I want to take advantage of the fact that as a company, I'm a seasonal treat. Easter is the season for having peeps. And so I'm just going to go buck wild for three months of the year and come up with all the strangest things that humans could possibly conceive of around sugary, strange, <laughs> you know, rabbits and chicks um so i picked up what i think might actually be the the taker um well i should say there's another one that i picked up as a gift for someone recently which is the dr pepper peeps yeah um they are flavored with dr pepper they I actually like dr pepper I, I will say as a connoisseur of peeps i've had a lot of peeps 
Dr. Pepper Peeps. That's some novelty rock. there, right? It's very novelty, <laughs> very goofy, very like I'm sure it's some sort of brand collaboration. That oh yeah, of course. Made sense in the moment, and then the next day they woke up and were like, "What? What were we doing, yeah. Dr. Pepper Peeps?" But they are delicious, and I highly recommend them. But maybe the strangest one of all, even stranger than that, is what I have right below me. Uh oh. It is this. Oh boy. Oh, it man. is limited edition. <laughs> oh gosh. Pepsi X Peeps. Wow. This is it's it's not even the kind of collaboration you'd expect, which would be based on the Dr. Pepper one, you know, yeah. peeps that are flavored like Pepsi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead, what they have chosen to do is go the other way with it. Um, these are, as the box says, artificial marshmallow flavored Pepsi. <laughs> wow. I mean, the color, it's bold, right? It's extraordinarily bold. Um, because you can't see it, I'm, I'm going to tell you, the box that I have pulled out is uh, the brightest yellow. I think this is like Pantone just yellow C, uh, if I had to guess. Like just the most saturated possible yellow. And the cans themselves are yellow. Um, and that is we, – we were talking about this beverage in, in uh, you know, me and my, my co-teachers the other day. And, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that, like, yellow is not necessarily a color you always want associated with a beverage. <laughs> it, That's why they're bold. Yeah, they're, they're, they're very bold. Uh, what I don't care for about these, I will say, is that they were not bold enough to call them peepsy. Which is the thing that I want them to be called, Doctor Pepper? You know what? Just pitch them. I <laughs> send them an email like, "Hey, I have this. I have this idea. Like, you know, for a marketing naming, you know, challenge or whatever." Yeah. Send them the name. PC. Yeah. It's an easy, easy A. Yeah. Easy win for everybody. Um, and somehow they missed it. I'm trying to get this box open. It might just, you know, have gone viral. It might. Um, oh, these are so tiny. They're oh, like man. little tiny. And they're cold for some reason. I don't know why they're cold. Do I do I dare to try? I dare to dream, Ethan. Oh, wow. Like I think I think this is our this is our future. Okay, it's why legit, are they right? So cold. <laughs> I don't understand it. They haven't been exposed to cold. They've been in here. All right, I'm opening mine. Okay, let I'm me do this on mic. So you know, it, it seems like a knockoff because it's just so hard <laughs> to associate the brand and this neon yellow thing. It doesn't look right. It looks very wrong. And I, where did you get it? I got this at Fred Meyer, I I believe. Our, here our, in Portland. Yes, our Not great like regional Thailand grocery. or somewhere. Right? No, these are these are legit. These were okay. I will say they were on clearance, which definitely suggests that they are not on good. clearance. Yeah, and maybe uh, don't. But taste. it's season though. It's so timely. It's on clearance. Okay. Well, yeah, it's. I think it's it's in the genre of. Oh, you just took a sip. I want to get your reaction here. Oh boy. <laughs> That feels about right. It's um well <laughs> let's say I think it's exotic. It exotic <laughs> is a good way to put it. Uh, I I'm actually gonna gonna take a sip. I can smell it from here though. It's like so strong. Here we go. Is oh it? god. Oh <laughs> it's just enough Pepsi that it's very bad. And then so much marshmallow hits you like a second after you take the sip that it's just like, ah. 
It is the new Coke. It <laughs> it is the new Coke. <laughs> right? It is. It's as bad an idea as new Coke was. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> But interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, what would it be like if Pepsi just tomorrow said, like, actually, you know, we, I think we really nailed it with that, uh, that Peeps collaboration. That's the new Pepsi. We're getting rid of the old recipe. But now I really wish they could name this Peepsy. It, like, needs that. Right? It, this is... That would be so much better. It would be so much better. It, I think the thing about it is, like, especially having tasted it now, it's not good. It's quite bad. <laughs> my, my mouth tastes like I've had some sort of children's, like, you know, antibiotic. It's just But I think coated it's, in it's gross. A, a same bad as, you know, all other novel, you know, flavors. Like, yeah. The, Cherry Coke. I or... don't know. I mean, Cherry Coke. I like. Really? I do. I mean, I. But like, what are the other ones? Cucumber Coke or there's some. Uh, what are ones. the other ones? They have a lot now. Um, Vanilla Coke. Vanilla Coke. That's their big one. I think that's their big other option. I mean, Coke is another brand that like is just throwing a lot of spaghetti at the wall. But like these, I feel like you know, for all the work they're doing with these cans, with the little Peeps illustrations, which I think are are leaning way too hard into the bunnies, which are not really the ones that people think of as Peeps. Like, I think you need it to be Peepsy to really hammer home yeah. what the gag is. Yeah, it just it it feels like it's like in between right now. It feels like the can is a contract negotiation. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's not really the vibe of the flavor at And all. And like, just look at the package. Like, how many names here? Pepsi, Peeps. Yeah, yeah. You need you need them both in logo form and written out. Oh wow, this is weird. I've never noticed what the Peeps. This should brand be your is. um your you know the cover for for your <laughs> for your show this season or yeah, at season, least for this episode. Season three cover art. We're rolling it out. It's just uh. You know the the Peeps branding. Um, weirdly, so I'm looking at the copyright and, notice on the side. Also, like look at the color because you have the yellow. I do have your, the yellow right for your show, and this thing is very yellow. <laughs> okay, I'm nominating this as the new cover for our show. I well maybe, Lim- maybe just call it a limited fit. edition. Yeah. <laughs> This is the 2023 edition of Did I Do That? Yeah. Um, at the end of last season, we nominated, uh, you know, Arizona Iced Tea, me and Nick Adnew, uh, Arizona Iced Tea, Diet Half and Half, Arnold Palmer, yeah. Iced Tea and Lemonade as the show drink of that season. Maybe the show drink of our season is what should be called Peepsy. Um. <laughs> I love Peepsy. Go with Peepsy. Yeah. Um, I just, wow, the flavor is really bad. <laughs> It's so problematic. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back to my uh, mountain water. Yeah, I <laughs> I think that's the right choice. I'm gonna otherwise I'm gonna keep drinking it and keep complaining about it, and that doesn't serve anyone very well. Um, but Ethan, as we mentioned earlier, you've been up in Seattle for uh, for a while. Uh, how how did you get up there? What do, what do you do? Like what? How are things? What a good question. This is. <laughs> <laughs> the beepsy's eaten into my brain. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I lived in Seattle for almost two years. I, I moved out during the pandemic. I um, originally I'm from Beijing, China, and the first time I landed in this country was sixteen, seventeen years ago. Wow! I, I did school in Ohio, Midwest. That was a big contrast, you know. Yeah, with, had you had you been to the Midwest before you never, went to school you know, there? That's uh, that's one of the stories I. <laughs> 
um, <laughs> people ask me a lot, like, why Ohio? You know, why? What what was the thinking? You know, behind that, when you were picking schools and learning design, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Um, I'm a basketball fan. Oh, I, I love LeBron James. So back like 17 years ago, I had zero knowledge about this country, but I was watching basketball, NBA all the time, and I was like, wow. I wanted to be closer with LeBron James. I wanted to watch the games all the time. Yeah. So I look at the map, and you know, okay, let's go to Ohio. So that's <laughs> I, that's that's how I picked it. So no no other research, no other like no. This that was, is the school. Yeah, that was the passion. You know, that was the passion for basketball. <laughs> had you um, before you did that? Like, had you? Because you went for design, yeah. right? Like, had, what was your entry point like into design before that? Um. I I guess I always had, you know, a thing for for art, for design, even though I didn't really understand, you know, the difference between art and design. Um, when when I was younger, I always wanted to, you know, learn that because um, I was a pretty artsy and crafty kid when I was in school. Yeah. Um, I also had, like, traumatized college, you know, education experience with computer science. Oh, well, yeah, that'll um, do it, yeah. Because my, you know, my... <laughs> My, Regardless my, of my what parents, continent you are, that's right. a bad time. It's a you know, it's it's a family thing. My parents, they're oh. they're professors in computer science. So, oh, really? Right. So they set up this you know theme, this tone for the family. It's like, hey, you know, you're gonna be a, a scientist and you're gonna be an engineer, or whatever. You know, just follow this path. Yeah. I guess you know, I uh, I was just you know trying to rebel. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a lot of people do. Um, yeah, so that's, I, that's what college is for in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, finding yourself and stuff, right? Um, so I wanted to learn something else, and I I don't think I'm a very logic person, you know, thinking about mathematics and all these things. I'm okay with it, but it's just not like the way I think. It's very left-brained yeah, thinking. Yeah, I'm very much right-brained. Yeah. So I wanted, always wanted to utilize that part of my brain. So, yeah, I just wanted to learn design, and that's how I landed, you know, um, Ohio. <laughs> so you, before you went to Ohio, you hadn't really done any of it. It was just like I've done like photography stuff, like you know, drawing and very limited graphic design yeah. experience. Basically, just like clip arts right or like all these things silly stuff yeah but yeah basically none of legit training or education that must have been a huge leap to feel like you were taking like yeah. move move to the other side of the world like and do this thing that like you you were interested in but you yeah. hadn't really gotten to mess around with yeah yeah but it was also like you know i i guess i found my passion like yeah like right away and learning design and you know it just I just felt like, okay, it was right. You yeah. know, I didn't really understand the term of career by then because I just, just started, right? But I found like, okay, I want to do this. And I wanted to sit in the couch or sit in on my chair like, you know, just forever and working on these things, picking the right fonts and picking the right colors and, you know, doing all the layouts, starting from all, all these things. So that was great. And, you know, that's how I, I started design. I, but it was, it, but the story, the beginning of the story was very silly. It was about LeBron James. <laughs> Let, and let's say this, and I think LeBron James, he doesn't know about it until today. 
LeBron James, yeah, big, big, uh, big listener to someone's life, you know, from the other side of the world. Absolutely, yeah, right? absolutely. Like when you when you got there, like, a, were you disappointed that you didn't meet LeBron? Um, oh, I, oh gosh, I, you know, <laughs> so bad because uh, I found out later when I landed, um, the college town called Athens, Ohio, right, Ohio oh, University. So yeah, after I landed there, um, I realized okay, it's actually four hours. <laughs> You know, yeah. from Cleveland. So it's quite a hustle to watch the basketball game. Yeah. <laughs> so, and Athens is like a, a small college town. Super too. tiny college town, 20,000 people. Yeah. Yeah. Probably completely empties out, basically, in summer. Yeah. Of Not- course. <laughs> and, you know, and the worst thing is the basketball season was over, right? Yeah. <laughs> so then you're really not getting a chance to yeah. to meet LeBron. Yeah. Um, like what were your what were your first classes like? What what was it like kind of getting into things there? Um I actually I I studied um publication design. Oh really? Yeah, um very traditional kind of graphic design. And let's say this when I started learning design my dream job, I I wanted to be one of those magazine designers and book oh, designers, yeah. right? You know, just doing the traditional media. And my heroes were like Chip Kid, you know, doing the book oh, covers, yeah. right? And also, I really looked up to um, Shepard Ferry because that was his time. Yeah, you know, by, absolutely, you know, yeah, absolutely. Early two thousands and and about you know, also like right before the Obama, the Hope poster. Yeah, you know, like that out. was kind of I feel like when he got exposed to the yeah. consciousness, but he had been like. I think big within within art and design circles yeah. for a long time before yeah. that. So I studied um, a lot of um, book design, publication design. We did a lot of magazine covers, newspapers. I was even like doing wow. the student contest in like news design, all these things. Wow! So that was you know that was pretty good because um, I always thought I was a layout person, and that aspect of design is basically just all layout. Right, you are yeah. you are laying out everything, <laughs> <laughs> like you are you are structuring information based yeah. on yeah. grids and it's it's so fun, but it is like puzzle. It's puzzle making yeah. essentially. Like it's that it sounds like they have such a good program for that. It's actually what? a great pro- program. You know why? Because um, it's actually one of the best um, journalism programs in the country. Oh, that's why they're setting up this visual communication for the journalists you know, background. Interesting. So, so yeah, many people actually, you know, went to that program just to learn news design, publication design. It's it's big. It's a big thing because they have, you know, this this background, this context. That, I mean, God, that sounds like an amazing program, actually. Yeah. Like, back, I mean, a thousand years ago, um, when I was uh, in my... I believe one week as a student at the University of Nevada Reno, I'd gone up there for journalism. And in that in the span of that week I realized I did not want to do that. I wanted to do some <laughs> sort of art thing. But like in a way, that would have been kind of the perfect program. <laughs> yeah. Oh, of course. Now you should go visit. <laughs> out out in Athens, Ohio. Yeah. Um but, I mean, but you know, let me tell you uh, what happened after that program was also interesting because um, I graduated um, 08, 09. Oh, so 
a so great time to be getting into time. the workforce. That was the last recession, right? <laughs> <laughs> the last recession. Yeah, by the time this goes out, I think we will be squarely in the middle of the current one. Exactly. But, you know. And and something particularly happened to design was the publication died. Yeah. In 08, <laughs> right? Yeah. Magazines completely died. The newspapers, no one's reading newspapers. Yeah, that these... was the beginning of the great calling Right, so that was very newspapers. particular. So no one had any job yeah. in publication design or news design, anything yeah. like that. So that was, you know, very personal to us. <laughs> so... It's yeah. that is such a hard place to step right out into, yeah. especially after studying in that like <laughs> that intersection being like it's one of so the ones most acutely like, why? affected. Why this is happening, right? <laughs> like, what did you do? How did you how did you go forward from there? So you know, I I I started to thinking about like, um, what should I do? Right? You yeah. know, what are other um, careers or even other like sectors I should be chasing off, and what I realized I found our direction in advertising. Yeah, because if you're looking at early stage print ads, they're basically same principles, same kind of you know ideation like the Absolutely. New York Times magazine covers. Right? Yeah. So that's how I started my career. I just started to look at all the advertising companies, advertising agencies. And I thought that was the closest thing I could found. Also, like, it seems more fun, right? These people, they're, you know, they have a lot of funky ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, working in advertising is a very weird environment for design. It's strange. It's strange, but it's also like, okay, you know, I'm willing to try. I would, I would just do whatever <laughs> it takes to get myself a job, right? Because yeah. the other thing completely died. You know, what am I going to do? Yeah, there's not really a, a pivot point from there's there. There's no pivot, and there wasn't, you know, a new media. There no. wasn't an iPad, iPhone. There wasn't any kind of those new publication design. Yeah. At all. Then as now, nobody in journalism can figure out how to monetize right. things online. Exactly. So so I had to pivot it for myself. Yeah. That's very smart. Yeah. Like where did you where did you end up like in the ad world then? So I started looking into all the creative agencies online, like just literally searching best creative agencies names. Yeah. And looking all the award winning print works because that's what I was you know good at you know the print work all these posters or print ads and I just applied everywhere I guess and in <laughs> the story it's um I think I made my first career mistake right there it's um <laughs> I, I had two job offers uh, about the same week. Oh. One company is Crispin Potter and Bogoski, which is out in Miami. Very um, nice. Yeah. And the other place is Ogilvy. And so, there, I mean, that's the big name. It's in big a lot name. Of, ways of the ad world. And, but the other one, um, Crispin Potter, it wasn't the biggest name, but it was no. hot. Yeah. It was super popular and just like funky name. But I didn't know that. And when I got the two offers, I was like, okay, if I get to go to Ogilvy, who cares about this Crispin Potter thing? Yeah. And since the first day I went into Ogilvy, I realized, okay, that's probably the biggest mistake you know, I made. Because people, they were just studying Crispin Potter's work. Oh, wow. 
they did like the the Whopper freakout. Um, probably in the early 2000s, and they did a lot of famous campaigns, great work, and people were there just talking about these hot, you know, agencies. Oh, and I was like, oh man, what did I, <laughs> what did I do? It's like I could just go to Crispin Potter and probably knocking on Ogilvy's doors, like, hey, I came from Crispin Potter. Oh God, that's <laughs> so, a horrible feeling. <laughs> yeah, that was that was that was a horrible feeling, and that was. It took me, to be honest, it took me quite a few years, probably three, four years, just to get over with it. You know, because yeah. I constantly thought about, oh gosh, the mistake. It's yeah, boy, that's a big, that's a big mistake. Like, and where, where did you end up? Like working, working for Ogilvy? Like, I, um, I, I moved back to Beijing. Oh, you know, so, wow, yeah. So, you were so that in China. was the right. So that was the you know, um decision i made because i was thinking miami from ohio okay i had to drive two days yeah. three days and from ohio to beijing i'll just take a one-day flight it's probably easier yeah. so <laughs> that was pretty rational you know yeah yeah um i mean unless it was the miami that's in ohio yeah home of miami no. university <laughs> i always love that that there's a Miami University in Ohio, and I think they have to market themselves specifically with the tagline in Ohio yeah. because people are so misled yeah. by that. But I always remember that first mistake in my career, and I still remember um, the letter sent to me from from HR people, from Crispin Porter, because I yeah. asked them, like, hey, what's this job about? You know, can you just fill me in? I'm a fresh, you know, college grad. I don't, I don't know anything yet. Yeah. And HR people emailed me. The job is very simple. Basically, it's about mounting and training for creative directors. I remember that super clear until today. Interesting. And I Googled it. What does it mean, mounting and training? What do you mean? I didn't ask them. I didn't really yeah. chase the question like, what do you mean, trimming and mounting? I figured out later, basically, a few years out of my career, I figured out later, just you're just doing the you know groundwork, Photoshop, and illustrator work for the creative directors. That's yeah. the mounting and trimming, what they meant. <laughs> I I will say, when you said it, I was thinking, like, are they still presenting things on, like, Matboard or something maybe, like that? Maybe, maybe. But, you know, there, there, there's no way I could ever find out, right? Yeah. I missed the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's on them for yeah. not being more clear. But, like, I mean, I, I think it's also hard because, I, you know, we have students, and I'm sure you do, too, like, who... You know, when they when they graduate, they'll have like the big name in yeah. their head. Like they're like, I want to go to Wyden and Kennedy. Yeah, um, which this is, is the place. It's the place. It's the place that I've heard of. They're they're big. They're bold. They're doing global they're work. Local. They're local company. <laughs> they are <laughs> locally grown. Um, but like, you know, it's it is also like not necessarily going to be the right fit for a yeah. lot of folks too and if you are just looking at the name sometimes you miss like you did like the opportunity that might have been like way more creatively fulfilling for yeah. you yeah um and also just being in miami would be great <laughs> yeah you know i could also relate that because i think for designers it's always it's always tricky to find yourself yeah fit in advertising agencies you know creative agencies because the designers in creative agencies they're different kind of designers yeah and art directors are even like their skill sets they're just different yeah and 
the traditional kind of graphic designers, they're like in between in all these types of jobs. Absolutely. So you're juggling、um, everything. You're learning, and you're you're a Swiss Army knife, right? Exactly. And also, like, you're trying to utilize your design skills, but not. They don't need it all the time. Sometimes they they need something else, and the aesthetics are different. So, yeah, I had quite you know some time to just、um, blend in that environment. Yeah, and it's not even everyone understands design. You know, they understand more. Other stuff, yeah, because like I mean, the people who do, you know, get elevated in in advertising tend to be the salespeople, and you know, certainly some of the design creatives, but like way less than you will see in the yeah. And you know,、system. if you are like classic graphic designer, if you go to creative agencies, I think people will actually look down on you. You know, yeah, it's like okay, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting.、Um, so, how long were you at Ogilvy then? I was at Ogilvy for about、um, probably a couple years. I did more、um, agency work with other names like Sachi and Sachi, DDB.、Um, that was the tail of this agency glory, you know. Yeah. After probably seven, eight decades, right after Don Draper time. <laughs> so that was the tail of this entire glory, and、yeah. I experienced that the whole industry was dying. I think today it's like dead, it's, completely just dead. It's a very interesting time because I mean, well, it's and I, I think some of it too is like this weird self-fulfilling prophecy of like people are getting more hostile towards advertising because it is starting to feel more invasive、yeah. and more intense in its like desperation. And you know, I don't, I don't know a human that you would like if they're that intense and desperate and like in your face and like I know where you've been and I know what you're doing. Yeah, you would be like, yeah, cool. I will buy that shirt. Yes,、yeah. thank you, Instagram ads. Yeah, no, that's terrible. And, <laughs> that's and, a bad system, guys. Right, and I think in the early days,、um, advertising could attract probably the smartest and most creative people. Yeah.、You know? Everywhere. That's that's why it was super sexy, right?、And、yeah. These days, it doesn't have that glory, and not like all the creative people want to do that. It's yeah. So like advertising is sort of you're you're kind of realizing the wheels are coming off the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you do? What's your what's your pivot from there? Um, I think you know I even though I realized、um, the industry was dying, was struggling, but. I still like the creativity about you know advertising and big ideas. Yeah, I think that the biggest learning for me for you know the years at, with agencies was about the big ideas、yeah. and human insights. That's all the learning, right? Because they really look into the insights and they really really look into people as consumers, which is probably not the right way. Because yeah, all these terms in design were. Learning right now is like human-centered design or design thinking. A lot of things in advertising they have different terms, but the human insights is always there. So that's what I what I liked, and I I thought I was、uh, pretty good at you know doing creative work because、um, I hit my、uh, first career high probably only a few years out. I was this thing called Kent's Young Line. What's that? It's、um, probably one of the Most prestigious award you could win before thirty. Wow! You know, for creative people. <laughs> so yeah, I, I won that in twenty twelve when I was you know twenty 
29. Wow. So right before 30. Yeah. So I, I made that. And I, I just felt like, okay, you know, it's pretty good. I, I, I think that was the moment I realized, okay, now I could let this Crispin Potter mistake go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I worked pretty hard. You know, I found myself. I don't have to think about this mistake anymore. No, you climbed the mountain. Yeah. Like, you're on top. Yeah. Having done that, like, you were like, I need to maybe make a change now and find what my next part of the story is. Yeah, because I just realized, you know, um, advertising and creative, that creative industry is all about the ideas. But most of the ideas, they stay at presentation levels. Yeah. People are like working so hard overnight for these ideas, but they don't really persist. No, they, they don't push hard. They they end up in a pitch, and then the pitch gets sanded down so yeah. much that it's like it barely resembles the exactly. pitch. Exactly. Even like if you launch anything, if you you know produce a campaign, when you launch the campaign, bam, you're done. Yeah, that's the end of the work. You know, because that's basically for a lot of ideas. Great work. That's just the beginning. Yeah. And for advertising people, that's okay. Let's celebrate. We're done. <laughs> that's just so it's wrong. It's Founders Day. Yeah. It's just so wrong. And yeah. I realized that. And I always wanted to learn, like, okay, how can we push all the things forward? And yeah. how can we actually make – I think people say this a lot, like, you know, how could we make bigger impact? I didn't understand that term. But I just wanted to learn, like, okay, probably I want to learn something else. At least the business perspective on the creative side. Yeah. So I left agency world a couple of years later. Then I moved to the in-house creative teams world. So that was a bigger world, a bigger platform for creative people. Were you still in, in China at that point? Or were you... I was I was in China. So, okay. Um, but I was working for American companies. Ah. So I think that was time was interesting, you know, looking back, it was because I think the time was when the whole world, especially America, was still very interested in this concept of China. Right? Yeah. Everyone's yeah. fascinated about China. It's like, hey, let's go to China. Let's do business with China. So that was the time. Absolutely. And, right right then, I feel like, was, was like the apex of Right. It. And yeah. I was very lucky because I could speak two languages. So I was always building the, the bridge, you know, for, for the two continents. And, you know, because creative work is all about communication. Yeah. And if you don't speak the language, if you don't understand the culture, um, and if you don't understand, like, what are the differences, you know, coming people are coming from, there's no way you can deliver creative work. Yeah. So it's all about these communication, you know, issues. So I was lucky um, working for American companies in China. and But that was also like the tale of this China concept glory. <laughs> <laughs> People are not interested in China anymore these days. No, no one's interested. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's been. Oh. <laughs> but, you know, I, I had I had my time. And, um so I joined in-house creative teams and sh- starting from a big dinosaur company called Schneider Electric. Oh, of, of the elevator? Um, not that oh. one, but, you know, something else. Oh, I'm thinking it's of like, Schindler. It's a, it's, a, it's a French version of General Electric. Oh. So they do a lot of um, everything. I don't even know, you know. It's like <laughs> it's so, miscellaneous it's, electric. It's so big. And yeah. I think after a year or two, uh, there was an engineer – 
summarized the company's mission very well for for us, for you know the designers and creatives in the company. So like, so we do everything about electricity after you generated electricity. <laughs> So, so that was. I mean, like, at least you're setting some boundaries somewhere. Yeah. So that was like the moment I realized, okay, everything makes sense right now. Yeah. Because um, that was the early stage. All these big corporates are trying to build up um, in-house creative teams. So it's actually very luxury for startups or smaller firms to build in-house creative teams. Yeah. Only like the biggest, you know, corporates can actually do that. Um, but that was too slow, you know. It was like a big dinosaur company. It was like it was not me. I had <laughs> that was such an easy job. You we know? have half a billion products. Yeah, and... but it's also like just so easy, you yeah. know, for like creative, you know, people for the lifestyle. Yeah, and it's like I mean, to go from advertising where you are like, I mean, there's no a million sleep. things going on right. at once, and like half second deadlines to like you know in-house work is often considered like you know the retirement plan for oh, design of course <laughs> like, i didn't realize you know i didn't realize that um before signing the contract <laughs> but but let's just say this um i practiced my cooking skills um <laughs> the time when i was working at schneider Electric. cuz i i get off work like 4:30 every day i you know Ooh. i drove home i cooked for my wife for a couple of years it was it was too easy. That that does sound lovely though. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind a little of that. Then oh. you know, and I I just wanted you know some more challenges. Yeah. Then suddenly this opportunity um, came up uh, with Uber. That was the that was the most exciting time for internet for Silicon Valley for was, tech companies. Yeah, was this like early Uber? Like, Earlier Uber. That was right early at the Uber. That was wow. Um, very early stage, we were building up creative systems, you know, for for the entire world. Wow, that, a a big ambitious product. Uh. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was great because that was the very extreme contrast with you know easy job. Yeah, and it was early stage. It was a startup um, mode, and everyone's hustling. And that was also like the time people were championing this hustle culture. That's yeah. not a oh, thing that today. That was a big thing in tech at that right. time. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, but I loved it. And I, I'm a hustler. I always hustle. So <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't mind. You know, just let me work. Yeah. I love this. It's one thing to opt into it. I think the the harder part is when you don't. Um, and it sounded like you, you maybe needed some energy at that point after yeah. just like the sleepy time of, yeah. of Schneider. Yeah. What were you doing at Uber? Like we were, we were doing all types of you know creative works. Besides you know building the product, we were running campaigns, you know building the brand, designing the brand. You know there are so many things we could do, and there was also um, a lot of initiatives coming from creative side because just so many ideas you can come up with just to serve the people and to serve the mission. Um, so that was actually probably my dream job, you know. It was, it was just great because um, for traditional in-house teams, you take briefs from marketing department or from product department. Yeah. But at Uber, when we were building the team, basically it's not about taking the briefs. It's about, you know, taking the drive. We could actually take the drive, you know, 
we could actually come up with our own initiative, our own ideas, and oh. we go back, you know, to marketing teams like, hey. Can you support us? Can we do this? Can we do that? So that was great. Huh? That is that's actually really interesting. That was also like you know that was also luxury because、uh, it's、yeah. not like all the opportunities you could do that. No, and I'm sure you can't do it、yeah. there or pretty much any any tech company now.、Yeah. I mean, that's like that's really wild. I mean, it's it's just kind of a everybody everybody's you know. It could be you know every creative director's dream. You know, having that kind of autonomous. Also, like it's just so much empowerment, you know,、yeah. from everyone. Like, what what eventually made you leave Uber? I I didn't.、Uh, well, I didn't want to leave the job, but、um, I had this thing.、Um, I found out was a cancer diagnosis、oh. made me leave my、yeah. job. It was the very last day of twenty sixteen. Oh God! I you know、That's、I found a... out. I know it's、wow. it's it's cancer. You know it's all about the weirdest timing. You、yeah. know when people are like doing some celebrations or it's always weird. Yeah. So very last day of 2016, and I found out this I had cancer, and I had to you know I I guess I I freaked out and. I didn't know what to do, and my family and everyone didn't know what to do. I just, I just quit my job next day. Really, I, did, I didn't tell anyone what happened.、It's、just like I just kind of like vanished. Wow! Because it was also like I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know、um, what to say, and I was also thinking about is this detrimental to my career if I tell people, you know,、yeah. I have cancer. People probably see me differently, you know. So I was just like, okay, let me just disappear for for a minute, yeah. And I probably will come back. I don't even know because I didn't know if I had a chance to live. You know, wow. When I found out the diagnosis, so I was like, okay, this is the only priority right now. Yeah, you got to take care of yourself. But that's like that's a huge that's a huge change. That was、make. a huge change on everything. So it's like、yeah. thinking about you know my life. It's like. Doing the dream job, you know, flying over between continents, like you know, and the next day, bam, yeah. There's like I basically I've lost. Well, I think from now I could, you know, looking back, I thought that was probably the moment I lost everything, not just a job. Yeah, I lost、uh, my community, right. Yeah. A, a, a social status, like you are not in this society, you're not contributing anything anymore. You're just a patient, right? So that、yeah. was the moment. Like, okay, I became a society fallout. Do you feel like that was informed, like, just by fear of like having to slow down primarily to to deal with this, or like, I I don't know. I、yeah. you know I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Oh wow!、Um, yeah, what was it like, like kind of working through your cancer diagnosis, and like, like what did you do after you kind of like stepped away from everything? Yeah,、um, so I had to save my life, you know,、yeah. first, right? Yeah, and it took me about two years, you know, just finishing all the treatment and surgeries and everything, because there was this. It was this super annoying thing called recurrence 
happened to me like oh, quite God. a few times. It was like you know the most annoying thing. Just it wouldn't it wouldn't get out. It wouldn't get out, oh, and you know, God. so it's like hey, let's celebrate this and finish you know ten circles of chemo's, and after ten weeks, they're like, oh, it came back. <laughs> So it's like, God. it's super annoying. You, you got to experience the George W. Bush mission accomplished banner worse than over that. and over worse again. Than that. It's over and over. And at a certain point, I was like, this thing is so annoying. I want to kill it for good. Yeah. You know, it's like, I, I'm just annoyed. I'm not even... <laughs> I'm, I'm not even angry anymore. I'm not sad. I'm not like terrified or fear. Not, nothing like that. I'm just annoyed. Yeah. So um I guess I you know I made up my mind I I I found best uh, medical team in the world for the particular kind of cancer I had um the doctor actually located in Indianapolis Oh um he's the doctor of Lance Armstrong's that you know that's why yeah, yeah they made each other famous I know <laughs> so <laughs> um and I found the doctor I I met the medical team and that was um my ultimate cure, you know, or let's let me just knock on the wood because yeah, I'm four years and a half cancer free. Wow, since that since you know I, I met the team, yeah, yeah, but it took me about two years to just to get out of that basement of hell. Yeah, you know, and your life is on hold. The entire my life time. was on hold, and the entire family's life was on hold. Yeah, and. And after that, I was really eager to go back to my career. Yeah. You know, because I realized, you know, nothing should have stopped. And life still has to go on, right? Yeah. And I wanted to go back to career because I, I loved what I did. And I still love, you know, my job. And I love being a designer and doing all these creative works and I always thought I was, you know, pretty good, right? Absolutely. It's, like, it's such a waste of talent if I don't do it anymore. <laughs> so, so I was just like, I was dying to go back to my work. I was so eager to go back to my career. And something I realized, I never realized that you know, during um, the treatment and, you know, and before that for my entire life was there was this thing called unconscious bias. Yeah. Right. And against this stigma around this disease and the stigma around you know people who have a, a career gap yeah i clearly had a career gap of two years and that's something like i couldn't really hide right yeah and when whenever i try to hide it it may even make it more weird and, yeah like they'll they'll ask about it they'll yeah. interrogate it they will interrogate yeah. a lot and you know i i started to applying for jobs i started to um talk to recruiters and I started to hear all these interrogation about the gap, like, oh, hey, you know, what did you do? Um, do you still read newspapers? Are you still relatable? Do you think you can still, um, you know, perform the way you Jesus. did? I, like, I, you know, I didn't prepare for all these things. No. And I was like, And those uh... are also, like, such... It feels like such inappropriate questions. Well, too. but it's real. It's let's just let's just say it's real. You know, people even like the people, yeah. even like for the people, they didn't ask you these questions. They're on you their could kind of like yeah. feel like they're asking themselves in their head, right? Yeah. Um. Someone even like hang up the phone, 
when I told the person like, oh, I had, you know, a cancer experience. I had to do the treatment to save my life. And that was just... Mm. What the so, fuck? So, you know, <laughs> Jesus! So, you know, What's I, wrong with people? Uh, uh, but I, I know, right? Oh, but my God. That, that's just what happened. It's yeah. just like... I guess it was, you know, for that particular person, it was probably too overwhelming for that person to, you know, even react or to respond anything. He said, I appreciate your generosity so much. (laughs) (laughs) You you are giving these folks a lot more than they deserve. You know, Um, so, yeah. So that was the moment I realized, okay, for cancer survivors or cancer patients, the fight, it's not just to the disease, yeah. right? It's for everything. And the hurdles after the fight with the disease, it's even like greater. Yeah. It's yeah. just crazy. You're always going to have that gap and you're always going to have to explain it. Yeah, exactly. And I started to think. Yeah. I just started to think about this problem. I just started to, you know, think about how I can like solve this problem, A, for myself and B, probably you know help other people because i like you know i had a pretty privileged career you know with all the biggest names the shiniest names on my resume what i could imagine was what about some people they never had the experience yeah you know to work for these biggest companies yeah they just have a resume would that be even you know harder for them yeah, to mediate that gap or to talk to the recruiters, to talk to the hiring managers, right? So I thought about all these things. That's that's probably the beginning of this thought, you know, forming net not entirely org today. And that's I mean, that's a big project. So it, like it and it's coming from your lived experience. Yeah. Like how how does how does Ned work? Like what do you do through the project? Yeah, so you know, these days this thing it's actually it's outgrowing. <laughs> it's outgrowing. Since I, I launched this officially about a year or so ago. Um I didn't realize it was that recently. It's pretty recent. I I, I spend quite some time, you know, building, planning and designing everything. Yeah, and you were working on it as part of your your master's thesis at, yeah, at exactly. UW. Yeah, when I was, you know, writing the thesis, I was also, like, building this thing, designing the whole thing. I spent probably a year or so, uh, almost two years, to, just to build up this thing, designing the brand, designing the initiative, and yeah. designing all the communication channels. But since I launched it officially um, in 2022, it has been outgrowing me, like, in every aspect. It's, you know... I'm not running it today. It is running me. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I think a lot of you know my friends, yeah. they're just telling me like, okay, it's a good problem to have, right? <laughs> but it's also like it's challenging me in every aspect. It's, um, it's getting bigger than me. It's yeah. getting so big. And people can resonate with this initiative very well. And it's certainly it's beyond severe disease already it's just all about you know the relevance with the personal growth over adversity because everyone could resonate with that yeah and 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 i think i've been thinking about this a lot like why this is growing so fast why this is you know getting so much recognition from everywhere i think for me my understanding is emotionally we hate cancer so much we hate it right just from our guts we hate it because we all 
lose our friends, family members, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. And when you hear people talking about surviving and you know they're survivors, you are like started to root for them. Yeah, I, I think that's why this thing is you know having its momentum. Yeah, yeah, and it's like reclaiming reclaiming the space. Like, I mean, I I can't get the image out of my head of that lady hanging up on you and like thinking about just like oh me neither. You know, I I couldn't. I I still think about that lady. You know, yeah. it's like I I want that. I want to call you know that lady back. It's like, hey, look at what I did. Yeah, it's because of you. <laughs> <laughs> you rejected me with like the with like the, the rudest. Yeah, it's so yeah. But like, I I think I think you're right. Like, I'm sure a big part of that was like just the fear and just feeling like this is too this is too hot a potato to even like touch or yeah. have in my periphery. I've got to like run away and like that isn't really an option for people who have had cancer. Like, right. You have to deal with it. Exactly. And to answer your question, like there are basically three parts of the initiative. Yeah. Um, three parts of my job. Uh, it's First of all, it's an education to the general public because I'm educating the everyday people, like the hurdles after that fight. Right. Yeah. Because what we experience is most people understand like how difficult, how hard to fight cancer itself but not everyone recognized after the fight there's a lot more to come so right? and you have to deal with this for the rest of your life yeah and moving forward with your life you know from my personal experience it's just as formidable as fighting the disease itself yeah. i'm still like struggling with you know moving forward with everything today it's just like it's still hard everything is hard yeah and I wanted the general public to understand that. So starting to understand the problem, they could probably, you know, thinking about not hanging up the phone with, you know, someone in the future, right? And the second, it's um, I'm building this community for cancer survivors, starting from young adult cancer cancer survivors, because these people, they're in their prime working age. They still, you know, they care about their job. They're passionate about their career. They wanted to go back. And they just want to move forward with their life. And they, they need a job to do that, to move forward. Right? Yeah. So I'm building this community. I'm providing them career coaching service. I'm working with career coaches to build this service. We're going to launch this in a few weeks to provide the service to the people, basically to get them ready for their career. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's about you know building their confidence again Yeah. and building their readiness when they're facing these uncomfortable moments and you know facing... Um, the interviews and interrogations. Right? Yeah. And no, I assume a lot of it is like also giving them the tools to know how to respond exactly. to those questions and like, yeah, actually like, Hey, I, I gained a lot of skills yes, actually from this, exactly. even though they're, they're a little different than you right. might expect. That's true. So they, they need the help because including myself, you know, I thought I needed the career coaching help for myself. Surviving all these things, it, it's not like we lost the confidence for career, for jobs. It, we lost the confidence for life. Yeah. You know, we just, no one knows how to live again, right? Yeah. So I think that service, it's really important for cancer survivors. It's, it's not the pep talk. 
It's not like, hey, you can do this, right? You rock. You are the best. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You actually need some tangible help. Yeah, yeah. And when you're like facing the questions, like how do you respond? And when you're like, you know, facing all these doubts on your gap, on your career, how do you actually react? So there are a lot of these things, conversations. So we're building the programs for, for NAD um, right now. Um, and the third thing is I'm working with corporates to try to build better, more equitable and more inclusive career pathways yeah. for people who have the severe disease, right? And not even for the people who have severe disease, thinking about moms, right? Women, yeah. If they take three years off for, you know, having a baby or two or three or taking five years off, there's no chance for them. Basically, we're, you know, dealing with the same problem. So whatever people need, it's more equitable and inclusive career pathways for these people. You know, we're fighting the stigma. We're fighting this bias against this career gap. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, against being a human. Exactly. (laughs) Which is so at the core of all of these issues. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, that these are the things I'm doing. And there's a, a very lofty objective for my organization it's ultimately i want to rebrand the entire sector of cancer related organizations because there are at least 12,000 you know cancer related organizations they do different kind of work uh, around this topic around cancer but if you think about this brand image for this sector it's sad. It's real. It's the it's most really brand that a thing could be. Yeah, it's sad. It's it's tragic, <laughs> and it's it's you know it, it hospital makes me branding. S- that's too exciting. We need to tone that way way down. Exactly. It makes me sick. It's like this is not us. Yeah. Right. Because what I'm trying to do, I want to shift this narrative for the entire sector. I want to shift this you know brand image. I want to focus on the power people actually have you know the power of cancer survivors it's it's incredible thinking about cancer survivors everyone's like superhero running marathons yeah right you know well, that and i i remember reading that you you have become a like a marathon runner <laughs> yeah that, and i started that you know from my cancer survivorship yeah i was never a athletic kid when i was in you know high school or college nothing so i think this this is the mindset for cancer survivors it's it's not like we're trying to do everything others can't right we're trying to do everything others can't yeah that's why cancer survivors are like crazy about running marathons if you if you go to you know each marathon if you ask you know these people i bet there are just like so many cancer survivors yeah it's it's one of the most cliche thing we could do <laughs> Yeah, but you know, it 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 maybe it maybe it just feels right to like test your body. And, it like, feels right, you know, just because it's it's about the power of ourselves, and you know, everyone is manifesting that. So yeah. I want to focus on that. I want to tell how strong, how resilient, how tenacious, and how badass cancer survivors are. Right. So this is what people should focus on. Not the sad stories, right? Not the yeah. tragic. Not like, you know, every time you you tell people stories, they, they tilt their head. It's like, I'm sorry. It's not like that, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like it's a 
chance to talk about the life that comes after. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, that's the thing that is better for everyone. And like, I think so much of this project, I mean, I, I kind of said it before, like it's about reclaiming the humanity in the workplace. Like it's like finding, finding ways to talk about like, Hey, we are not just like work automatons. Yeah. We're not chat GPT. No. Things happen in our lives and we're doing work because we want to be humans. <laughs> we are. And, and sometimes the things don't quite line up. Right. But like, you are exactly right. Because, um, you know, the, the relevance, because let's say this. I think what drives me, you know, every day, it's, it's like, first of all, we hate this, right? We want to fight it. You yeah. Know, we we want to win. Like, I think cancer survivors, if you have one word to capture, you know, our personalities, like, we just want to win. Yeah. We're, we're champions. We're winners. You know, because there's either lose or win, and there's no options for us. Yeah. Right? Cells. I'm not going to be defeated by cells. Exactly. We're, like, you're cornered, right? So for 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 careers, it, it's it's the same thing. It's like we want to go back there. You know, we want to win everything back, you know? Yeah. And I think for companies, like, they're being very silly. It's... It's just so silly to give up on all the winners. Yeah. <laughs> People with these these great, like, the, skill the sets mindset. outside. The mindset. It's like, yeah. you know, we just want to win. It's it's so silly to give up on that mindset. Um. So, yeah, that's that's why I'm doing this. And that's what, it, what drives me every day. And also, like, I know for everyone, like, including you and me, it's like we have so many problems in our lives as as human, right? And let's say nobody gives a shit to each other's problems. <laughs> nobody cares, right? And let's just say that. Let's be honest. And I think that's the huge that's that's a huge, you know, deepest human insights. Yeah. We don't want to admit, but we don't give a shit to others' problems. <laughs> and the, most people probably don't really care about you know, the cancer survivors' problems. That's why I'm solving this problem for ourselves. Because yeah. if I'm not taking care of ourselves, no one would. It, no one cares. Exactly. Yeah. You gotta. You gotta fight for yourself. Because exactly, like, people won't always be in your corner when you need them. Yeah. Um, that's so. Yeah, that is so amazing. If people want to like get involved with Ned, like, what do they do? How do they connect with it? Like, how do they? I mean, especially the mentorship piece. Like, where do they go for that? Yeah, right now there's there's a website, there's the social media. You can get in touch, you know, through social media website. Basically, I don't have a team yet. It's just me. So you know, whoever get in touch with this organization, it's just me. That is, so, <laughs> given what you've talked about, about how much this thing's growing, that that makes it all the more remarkable. It's, you know, it's 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 crazy because um, I'm just a designer. And yeah. I also think this is why this thing is probably, you know, growing in its own way because most nonprofits, all these organizations, a lot of founders, they're like MBA people. Yeah. So they know how to do business and you know, they know how to set up these things like Legit. Yeah, I but had, they don't have a creative idea. In I, their but head. I had no idea how to set up, you know, all these things as business. So all I all I know just like design stuff. So I set up the brand and set up all the you know design aspect in the beginning. So I guess that was the novelty for all kinds of um nonprofits. It's yeah. like, hey, this thing's kinda of funky. <laughs> it doesn't have, you know, all the legs it's supposed to have, but it it looks right. 
It does look right. Yeah. I, I uh, actually, I think I gave away your last sticker. Oh no, no, I still have one yeah. up there. Yeah, but I, you know, I gave those away to folks, and like they're beautiful. Like, and I, you know, I, I, I had a good number of them from AIGA because you, yeah, you, uh, we, we met. I should say because I don't think we've actually said this on mic. We met at the AIGA conference yeah. in part because you were going around and like you know, giving these out yeah. and you had like a huge pile. Yeah. Um, because I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like, I like it speaks to like, I think that like that hustle mindset that you have of like, you want to get this thing out there yeah. and connect with people. And I, I'm so glad that like you did that day. Cause like we were able to connect. And, yeah. Like, I, I think that was, you know, one of the best things uh, happening at AIGA conference. Yeah. And I, right. Cause then, you know, I, I guess I didn't know um, what else to do in that conference just to spread the word. Because the interesting thing was um, that was before I won this social design of the year for AIGA. Yeah, it was right before that stuff that came out. Before yeah. That. So, so I turned my proposal for that conference. I I wanted to speak at that conference, but the <laughs> response I got was, "Hey, you know, you send your thing." It's not research. Oh God! You know, that was, really? Uh, I, you know, I, I, I screenshot that email. I still have it. Jesus. So I was like, okay, what do you mean not research? I did two years, you know, academic it was research. Your thesis. And, yeah, it was my thesis. So <laughs> beer you know, review. Yeah, exactly. So I was, um, I was, I was pretty mad. I was pretty, you know, uh, angry. But what the fuck? <laughs> But I think later on they cracked the their mistake very well. You yeah, know, they gave I, me that award. I would say that was so. better. That yeah. was better. You know, so so I didn't get to present my thing in the conference. But I always wanted you know to like because that was the thing for designers, right? Yeah. Also, like who whoever cares about AIGA, they're probably like you know designers, diehard into design because this thing is so old school. It's so like legit in the yeah. design industry. It's like the thing. Yeah. So I printed out 1,200 stickers, you know, the night before. <laughs> well, you printed them yourself? Yeah, myself. Oh, my I, God. I didn't I realize budget, that. Right? I still don't have budget. I didn't have budget. <laughs> so I printed all these things, you know, um, and I cut all these I, I cut all these things myself for, uh, you know, 1,200. I did that the night before. Oh, my God. And I God. thought, okay, so the conference was for a night, uh, was for, for days. Whatever I needed to do, just like I, I, I needed to get up early, arrange all these stickers around the coffee machine on the you know coffee tables before everyone get in, right? So that's what I did. So yeah, I, it was I, like nine a.m. when we met. <laughs> so, but I got there at like probably seven thirty or something. I, 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 oh, I just put Jesus. all these stickers around, and I hide somewhere far away, and I started to look at people like, oh, who's like picking up these stickers, you know? <laughs> and you, Sean, you were like peeking at these things so i went to you like hey sean um i didn't know your name but it's like okay you are clear like looking my stuff let me do my elevator pitch yeah that's that's how we met but um i'm i'm a i'm a big (laughs) fan of things left on tables and picking them up and and keeping them yeah i mean you're you're in my office right now and it is basically a hoarder's den it's like so dense with just like things that I found in various places. But this is and... beautiful, right? You found all these, you know, <laughs> probably weirder things than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, your thing, your thing was so special, and like, 
getting to hear from you, like getting to meet you and getting to hear the story of this thing. And I, I feel good about like being able to give these back to folks here because, you know, Portland state, like there are a lot of folks who are coming here after doing other things in their life or like having, like having big life events like cancer or childbirth or like other things where, you know, essentially their CV is interrupted. Right. And like, I feel good about having been able to like share this project with them and hopefully like, give them at least like another tool that they can use. Yeah. Like, yeah. And this message, you know, today, I'm, I'm just keep hammering this, you know, for, for everyone, you know, in the community, this is the elephant in the room. Yeah. No one's ever wanted to talk about it. Right. Yeah. And no one understands it, but let's talk about it. Why yeah. not? You know, even we have like, to, right. We have to. And everyone's saying like thought leadership. That's just such an insult. You know, it's like, <laughs> what do you mean? That just means like blah, blah. Yeah. Like no one does anything except like, you know, talking about it. But, you know, we have to make some actions. Yeah. Right? We have to actually do something to build something to help people. This affects everybody in some way or another. Right. Like. And if you're thinking about diversity and equity and inclusion, if you're even just thinking about cancer, cancer is super inclusive. Yeah. Cancer doesn't care about your skin color. Nope. Your gender, <laughs> right? Sex orientations, no. Yeah. It's super inclusive. Everyone gets it. Yeah. So that I think that's that's the mindset we should have, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a problem for everybody. Yeah. And as designer, you know, I think that's probably one of the most valuable things we could do is just, you know, help people communicate these things. Yeah. Right? Because we recognize that as a communication barrier. Most people, they recognize that too, but they don't have the tools. Yeah. They don't have their ways to communicate it. If we can help them to communicate this thing, to start this conversation, that's, you know, that's our job. Absolutely. It's such an incredible project. And I, I hope everybody who, like, I hope everybody just in general goes and seeks it out and learns more about, like, what tools are out there for people who are dealing with cancer or people who are dealing with, like, other gaps in their resume yeah. to show off the skills that they are gaining from yeah. that experience. Ethan, if, if people want to find your work or just more about you, where do they go? How do they look up stuff? Go to LinkedIn, you know. Everyone's favorite social network, LinkedIn. Well, it's um, it clearly works for Ned, you know, because I'm trying oh, to yeah. yeah, I'm trying to hack the system. That's what I, that's what I do. So, so I launch it on LinkedIn because because yeah. you can add it as as a block for exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. and yeah. you know, also like what I initially I wanted because everyone they needed something to fill their gaps for yeah. their career, right? So that was the original thinking to start this company, this organization. It's, if I have a big company, I have a big organization, they can just take a job title from my company to fill this you know, career gap they have on their resume. That's how I started this on social media. It's on LinkedIn. a brilliantly simple idea. So that's, that's why it's, you know, it lives there, and certainly it works. So, yeah, it, I think you know, LinkedIn is still the, the best system to, to hack. <laughs> <laughs> You heard it here, folks. Go hack LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, there's so much personal information on LinkedIn. Don't actually <laughs> hack LinkedIn. <laughs> they would probably be a problem. Um, thank you so much for, for being here, Eason, for driving down from Seattle to, to Portland. Um, thank you. Thank you for being here. And uh, also, hey, listener, thank you to you 
for being you and for listening specifically, not just for being you. Um, if this sounds like the kind of show that you enjoy, why not rate it? Why not review it? Why not subscribe to it in your podcatcher of choice? Uh, because then you'll get, you know, all kinds of updates from the show, such as new episodes, but also you'll be able to share those episodes with a friend. Speaking of that, actually share it with friends. Tell them about the show, and then they will hear about it. That's sort of how communication works, I've found, generally. You can follow the show in various social media forms, such as on Instagram, where you can get some good, good images associated with each episode. And also, if you want to, uh, you know, see those images on a website platform... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Why have I forgotten how to talk? Um, I made a website, and it's called Did I Do That Dot Design, and that's also where you can get the links to our social media formats as well. So um, go go pay it a visit, um, enjoy it. Please don't hack it. <laughs> I don't think you can hack Webflow. I would be surprised. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is Did I Do That. I am Sean Schumacher, and as we always say at the close of every episode. <laughs> was that it <laughs> I forgot <laughs> I, I forgot the thing that as we always say I forgot the thing okay bye <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I do have – I usually open with a weird little bit, and okay. I want to give you sort of the um, the option on which feels like it would be the best fit for you. Yeah. Um, so one is the subject of Peeps, the the wonderful Easter treat, um, and the other option is Jennifer Coolidge. Which one sounds like it would be most interesting to you? <laughs> I don't even know who that person okay, is. Okay, so, so Peeps it is. Yeah. Um, that'll, be, that'll be very exciting. Okay. okay. All right. Why peeps? Why not like, you know, St. Patrick's Day? <laughs> it's it's even more like timely. Well, uh 